Hey, it's Dr. Fuck, and you're listening to The Plug Podcast with your host, Nate Atchison, also known as Bushy. This podcast is about music and so much more. And now, here's Bushy! Crossover project here, the Plug Podcast meets the Vieira Vault. I'm sitting here with Ralph Vieira. How you doing, brother? Magamagab there, dude. <laughs> That's great. We're here to talk about Doctor Sleep tonight. Yeah, uh, we did. Uh, we were supposed to do this um, earlier. I wanted to do the Shining and the Doctor Sleep back to back, but eh, you know, some people are, you know. Uh, can't hang with the fuckster, so you know I had to wait for you. Yeah, well, you know, uh, my my schedule sucks. I don't like this overnight bullshit, so uh, I put myself right back on a day schedule as soon as I'm done working. And um, like, like even now, I'm exhausted, ready to go to bed. It's like ten thirty at night. And I'm like, fuck, it's late. You have to work tomorrow. I work tomorrow night. Yeah. Oh, at night. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but here's the thing. Uh, I don't know if you do or not, because you're. Not on the station, except when you have to do your show, much much like I am. But uh, I'm stopping by Sunday night shows, the every other well, week thing. Well, I now I, I, do I them know on that. Yeah, I know that. Uh, Sarah Sarah gave me the heads up on that. Yeah, Wednesday morning. So uh, tomorrow's gonna be rough. I gotta try to get some sleep. Then hopefully wake up around three or four in the morning, so that I can do the nine to noon and then go back to bed for a couple hours. Well, don't get long-winded, bro, and you'll be okay. <laughs> if you got if you got to do your show at nine, dude, we can knock this out in an hour, hour and a half tops, and that gives you nine hours to sleep. Well, see, I, that's the thing is I don't want to sleep that much. I want to sleep just enough where I wake up super early, and then I, uh, you know, I stay up, set the show up because I never set my shows up in advance. Set the show up, do it, and then lay down for a couple hours nap. I hear you. Well, you, well, you know, dr- drugs can be an option, dude, to keep you up, just so you know. Oh, no, no, not not where I work. <laughs> oh. They hair follicle you there, so. Hair follicles? Oh, yeah. Dude, hair follicles will find pot you smoked when you were fucking 14. It, it goes back 90 days. You're a smart guy. You shave your head. I see. I, now I know why you shave your head. I shave my head because I'm bald. Oh, <laughs> Oh, they can check that all, all those millions of long ass hairs on your chin. Right. Yeah, there you go. Shave that, dude. Shave that and do some crack tonight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I hurt myself at work and get tested and I'm screwed. Because they don't just have to take it from your head. They'll take the hair from anywhere they can get it. Shave your pubes. Oh, that's a done deal. <laughs> <laughs> 
No chick is flossing with me. I'm just saying that. Wow. Oh. <laughs> you don't like the bush? The bushy don't like the bush on a girl? You oh. hypocrite. Yeah, I can't say that shit. Really? Absolutely. Like, oh. shave that shit down. I'm not a 70s guy. Wow. That's interesting. We learn something every day here on the crossover episode of The Plug and Vieira Vault. Yeah, that's, that's a new one. I, I pretty much assumed everybody do that. <laughs> right on, dude. So, uh, I've been ready for this. I watched the theatrical version like four days ago, and I watched, uh, tonight, I watched uh, the extended version. So, it, it has now become a total of seven times I have seen Dr. Sleep. Oh, wow. And I got, and it doesn't get, and I'm telling you, I'm looking at these movies back to back, which I don't usually do. Even the theater, I went twice as a theater. There's no movies like this that, that I grew up with. I mean, other than like maybe Jaws and, and the first couple of Star Wars movies, but I can't think of any movies after that where I kept going back to the theater to watch it. So this, this is a movie that I, you know, I hate to talk now about this because it's, fairly new but i would be quite surprised if this ain't one of my favorite movies in the future because as of now it is i don't know how i'm going to feel in the future about this you know because you know time tells everything but all i know is that i have not seen a movie on repeat list uh viewings like this since i was a kid i um i tend to watch a lot of stuff over and over again it's if i like it i like it and um I gotta say, as of right now, for me, Doctor Sleep may be film of the year 2019. Um, Oh, not no, maybe for me, man. Well, see, Rise of Skywalker hits Voodoo on the uh, 17th. I've already pre-ordered it, so I'm going to rewatch that because I know I loved it. I saw it in the theater. That was awesome. Um, I just watched Uncut Gems. I liked it. I saw it. What'd you think? Dude, I thought it was amazing at that ending. And I don't want to give the ending away to listen. No, yeah, to it was unex- it. yeah, it was unexpected. But I was like, but, what, uh, what the fuck just happened here? <laughs> I yeah, didn't see I it had, coming. <laughs> I had a dinner with my family the other day, and my nephew was like, oh, that movie was terrible. I was like, what? And then I thought, well, you know, he's a young kid, and he's probably like a Happy Gilmore fan or something, you know? Sure, which I understand. I love Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. I love the group yeah, like Sandler. Yeah, I liked it too, but you know, this is not that. This is no nowhere near those movies. This isn't even Punch Drunk Love because it's not really a comedy. I mean, even Punch Drunk Love was a dark comedy. I never saw it. It's a good one. It's 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 worth a, it's worth a watch. All right, but um, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed. I thought his acting was superb. Oh yeah. And uh, and I thought the the flow of the movie was good and. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, it's a guy that you want to root for, but you you don't want to root for. It's a weird feeling watching him play that role. Because he's kind of a scumbag. He's a scumbag, and you root for him, but at the same time, it's like, oh, come on. You're a scumbag for doing that and this and that, you know what I mean? But he's, uh, you know. the. I will without, say that chick in the yeah. lingerie with that ass. Good God. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the movie. It was good. Absolutely. So, so you're right. Doctor Sleep. Uh, even for movie of the year, after those two others I mentioned, Rise of Skywalker. But I'm a huge Star Wars fan. But I'm not that fan to get so pissed off at these three movies. I thoroughly enjoyed them. 
Uh, I don't get mad at any Star Wars movie. I've seen them all. Yeah, I didn't like Jar Jar, and I really don't like the Ewoks. I'm sure you do because it's your timeline, right? You um, enjoyed those little furry bastards? No, I'm actually, uh, the only part of Return of the Jedi I like was the whole, you know, Luke and the Emperor, their standoff yeah. until that final, you know, lightsaber battle. I yeah. did like the Battle of Endor, but the teddy bears could go. I don't I hate, liked, I I don't like hate the, them. But. I like uh, Jabba the Hutt scene. I, 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 I thought it was a good movie. It's just the, the... It was no Empire. No, the Empire is the best. But man, even though I think Empire is the best Star Wars movie, I have a very strong sentiment for A New Hope because, you know, it was a movie that I kept going back to the movies to see it as a kid. You know, in 1977, how old were you? You weren't born yet, right? No, I was two, and I actually saw that in the theater when it was out. Now, well, at the time, man, me and my friends were all fucking in awe of the special effects of Star Wars, the first one. I mean, looking at it now, it's nothing, but back then, it was so groundbreaking, you know? Oh, it was amazing. It was, it was so amazing. amazing. And, 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 so New Hope is like, God, it's like such a close second for me because of sentimental reasons. Oh, I, I hear you. And those movies, I will, that original I will, trilogy, I, I've seen more times than I can count. I will say this, and this is definitely not a popular opinion. Um, I thought Mark Hamill, in certain scenes of these movies, the, the original three, he was terrible. <laughs> I thought he was terrible. Ter- That's impossible! Yeah, yeah. It, and, and, you know, it, it was like Shatner just, almost in Star Trek. Yeah. It was like really overacting. Yeah, and the first one when he's complaining to his uncle, but I want to do this. You know, it's like, oh, but th- but then you look at these last two, he's awesome. Right. I thought his acting was fucking badass. But, you know, Star Wars Pures is like, God, it's terrible. And I'm like, wow. I, I thought Luke. Luke I liked him more as a grumpy old man, man. I just thought he was just badass. Well, you know what it is. You can relate to it. And I found that out like, here's a perfect example. I used to like it. What are you trying to say? That I'm a grumpy old guy? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's exactly what I'm saying. And hear me out. Go with me on this. No, no. I'm with you all the way. I am a grumpy old guy. I used to like Andrew Dice Clay back in the 90s just because it was raw filth. Okay. I I still like that shit. I I thought it was hilarious. But I saw a stand-up that he released last year on Netflix, and it, dude, it disappeared quick. It was like on and then off. But as a 50-something-year-old man, I understood more what he was talking about and enjoyed this Andrew Dice Clay way more than I ever enjoyed the 90s Dice. It's not on Netflix no more? No, dude. It was like there and then gone. I've, I've been looking for it everywhere. Wow. But it's a good one. He's just talking about shit that us older guys have to deal with, and it was great. I just right turned on. forty-five a week after you turned fifty-five. Holy fuck, you're old. I know it. No, uh, Doctor Sleep. I actually haven't watched it in a few weeks. Um, I meant to watch it today. I really did. But dude, I just watched nineteen seventeen today, and that's fucking brilliant. Um, and then I watched... wait to do your research, dude. I, I know it. Uh, but I've seen it enough. I, I haven't seen it seven times, but I have seen it four times. And that's, uh, what is that? It was once the theatrical when I went to the movies and saw it, the three times the extended version that I didn't know I had. And that three times I saw it is since we did the, the Shining episode. So it's still kind of there. I know the movie right. well enough. I know okay. it has possibly the most brutal scene I've seen in any movie to not show anything. 
Yeah, no, there's uh, actually three, I believe. What was that, man? I was watching it today. I was like, wow, you know, I mean, I know there was two kids killed, but then there was a scene where kind of implied another kid was killed. Now I can't remember now. Fuck. Way to do my research, huh? I know, right? But I, re- there, I remember the little girl at the beginning. Kids. Yeah. You know, with Rose the Hat. And, and that's, I think that was extended in the, uh, in the director's yeah. cut. Yeah, a little bit. The, the beginning, yeah. yeah a li- not, not that plot. much. A little. Yeah, just a little. But it, uh, more creep part, was added to it. Yeah, the part where the flowers, she's picking the flowers, was uh, in the extended version. Okay. That yeah. was a little more. And, you know, a little conversation she had with him was a little, maybe like half a minute uh, was taken out of that on the theatrical one. Right. But, man, I mean. The, the whole scene with the, you know, him describing the box and how to put people in the box, man, a lot of important, like you saw the extended version. You don't, you were telling me earlier, you don't remember. You thought it was the, it's not, it's not yeah, in the theatrical version. it was in the theatrical version. I'm going to have to go back and watch them both back to back. And that's going to be a task because you're looking at five and a half hours. That's what I did though. I watched the theatrical version like four days ago uh, because I, you know, I got the Blu-ray. So of course I wasn't going to watch the theatrical version. So I watched the the extended version, and you know, just by memory, I was like, "Wait, this is different." So then, when I watched the theatrical version uh, a couple of days ago, I noticed, and then I wa- went back today to watch it, and yeah, I noticed. And I'm telling you, a very important scene, but you know, they, they cut out was the Scatman Crothers character telling, you know, the kid about how his grandfather told him about the box and all this stuff. With the theatrical version, it went straight to. All right, this box and this and that, you know. Yeah, and you go Which to hold it, feel it, smell it. Yeah, that, it, it, it explains it. This is how you go to lock them up. It explains it good enough, but it's very interesting to see the backstory how he, you know, discovered the box thing because of his grandparents, you know. Oh, that's see, I'm gonna have to look at it again because I, I really don't remember that not being in the uh, the, uh, theatrical release. There was something else that I caught in this because, uh, like I said, I've only watched the director's cut since. I found out I had the director's cut because uh, I, I buy a lot of my stuff on Voodoo now just because it's convenient. Uh, I think I told you last time, there's nothing fucking near me. There's a sorry piece of shit mall about 20 minutes away, 30 minutes away, but it's got like five stores. I mean, it's it's there's nothing there. I could buy shoes. I could buy earrings and I still do better on Amazon with earrings and I can get buy sports stuff. Uh, but that's it. There's really nothing there. Right. And then there's one in Johnson City, which is an hour away. But I was watching this uh, the other day, this Doctor Sleep, and there's a scene that I don't remember being in a theatrical that may have because you watched the theatrical again. Oh, the voodoo thing. I bought it on voodoo, and it had the director's cut. That was the point of all that. And then all the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. You know, so the interviews with Stephen King, all that stuff was on there. I was like, oh, fucking tits. It's like I bought the Blu-ray. But there's a scene where Danny, as a kid, changes his eye color. Yes. Is yes. that in a theatrical release? No. Because it hit me out of the blue after you know, after thinking about The Shining. It's like, well, he's a little brown-eyed boy. And then yeah. you watch the whole start of Dr. Sleep where they're showing little Danny. This actor, again, little brown-eyed boy. But Ewan McGregor is a blue-eyed guy. So he changed his eye color just by using his shine. And that's something yeah. that was in the director's cut that wasn't in the theatrical version. 
I'm right. asking. It ain't. Oh, okay. Wow, that's... No. I mean, I, I could be a little off on that, but now that you remind me, I'm thinking, and I'm like, no, I don't think it is. This is just such a weird scene. It's not very long. It's just him staring into the mirror with his brown eyes. Close his eyes, open up their blue. It just threw me off. One of those little things was like, huh, I can see why that was cut. <laughs> but it also helps make the transition to Blue-Eyed Ewan McGregor. Right. And I don't remember that piano scene either in the in the theatrical version. Yeah, I don't uh, either. Not even yeah. it. But I only saw that once, to be fair. I mean, her playing the piano. I don't even think I remember. I don't even think she's playing the piano in the theatrical. The whole part is completely gone. But, oh my God. And I did my research, man. That guy that plays Crow is not from the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I was like, I just got, like, when I was watching the theatrical version, I was like, God damn it. I keep forgetting to check. So I just paused it, went online and Wikipedia did. No, the guy's done a million movies. But no, that's not the Backstreet Boy guy. Well, that's like I thought the other cat was uh, the dude from uh, Sons of Anarchy. And it's uh, not. It's not. Okay. The the got, got kind of a grayish beard, curly hair. I really thought that was the guy from Sons of Anarchy. It was not. Hmm. Interesting. The only, the only guy I absolutely know for sure was Henry Thomas that played Elliot at ET, played the Jack Nicholson role. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild when you told me that in the last episode. I was like, wow. You know, I'm not the biggest E.T. fan, but I've seen it. And I know who you're talking about. He's the kid on the bike. Right. With E.T. Um, but yeah, I, I was like, that movie because I was, uh, my dad was stationed at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And uh, that's when that came out. And it was at the movie theater for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. I mean, it was the biggest movie of all time at that time. Well, you I know believe... why uh, Spielberg took so long to release it on a... Uh... On VHS, right? No. He was so angry that it lost to Gandhi. Now, this is what I heard through the rumor mill all these years ago, that it lost the uh, best uh, 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 what, best movie to Gandhi, that he shelved it. Took years for him to release that. They, and, and also, they robbed him. They didn't even give him a, a nomination for directing Jaws. Not even a nomination. He was completely robbed on that. I mean, come on, that's, or, you know, Robert, Sh I mean, come on, I mean, I know I'm the biggest Jaws fan and blah, blah, and I'm a little biased, but come on, man, one of the greatest scenes in history is the Indianapolis scene and Robert Shaw doesn't get a fucking nomination, right. are you fucking kidding me, and and the, and the amount of bullshit this motherfucker went through to make that goddamn movie, only for, you know, with the, with the, you know, uh, the movie company coming down on him, almost firing him a hundred times. And what does he deliver? The biggest fucking summer blockbuster ever, you know? And, and it's, it's not just a fucking shark movie. I mean, the characters, you know, you can invest in the characters. That movie is just so fucking well-made, you know? I, uh, I don't disagree. Shark. It's a, it's definitely not my favorite movie. Um, but I keep seeing and hearing people say, oh, my all-time favorite movie, Jaws. I was like, it let is. me go watch this stupid shark movie again. Because that's what I was thinking. Stupid shark movie. But no, you can get invested in these characters, which which helps. Otherwise, it's just a cheesy horror movie. Because I've seen a lot of shark movies, and they all suck. Yeah, there's only one shark movie, and that's Jaws. Right. And Everything else is horrible. Like, I didn't like yeah. two. I didn't like 3D. I didn't like four. 
No, they were all bad. I mean, two was like the best of them of the later three, and that one's bad. So you can tell. I can tell you, three or four is like just beyond ridiculous. But yeah, yeah and you and you heard they're thinking about re remaking it, right? Yeah, but you know that rumor's been going on for a while, and but now the new rumor is they're gonna remake it, and Spielberg's gonna be involved. And I'm kind of like, I don't think so. I think this is more fake news. Because uh, Spielberg has said on countless occasions that if you ever CGI this shit, it's going to be terrible. You know? I mean, yeah, the Jaws shark. 3D, that shark, that shark looked terrible in that. They all did. Even, the, you know, the, the fourth one is like fucking ridiculous. They all look bad. But it, it looked as bad as Christopher Reeve flying as Superman 4. <laughs> I don't even remember that movie. I like well, Superman too with Bowda Zod. Yeah, what yeah. was his name? Was it Zod? Yeah, General Zod. Neil to Zod. That's yeah. what it was. Neil I like that Zod. movie. That movie was awesome. Yeah, one and two were great. Uh, but that's why Superman Returns took place five years after Superman 2. They forgot the one with Richard Pryor. They forgot four altogether. So, no, we're not even including that shit in the canon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I pretty much. I'm not a superhero guy, but I've seen those movies. I don't even remember the Richard Pryor one. Is that the one where Superman gets drunk? Yeah, yeah. He, uh, they, they created the kryptonite, and instead of killing him, it just turned him into an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't remember that movie. I just re- vaguely remember the bar scene with him getting drunk. Getting drunk and shooting the peanuts through the mirror, flicking them. Yeah, you see, now I want to see it again. <laughs> I don't remember none of that. It's horrible. I have all four of them. I actually have all the Superman movies. Uh, the four with Christopher Reeve, Superman Returns, Man of Steel, and then the two Justice League, Batman vs. Superman and Justice League movies. Because I, I love Superman. I think out of all the superheroes, him and Wolverine and Thor are my favorites. I can watch those shits all the time. Yeah, I, I don't like them. I'm not a superhero guy, especially these Marvel movies and shit like that. It's like it's just not my thing. But then again, I wasn't raised on comic books. I was raised on Mad Magazine, believe it or not. I that was you. my comic book. I, I love Mad, Mad Magazine, Magazine as well. Crack and Crazy. Those three magazines. That's the ones I would buy. Not, you know, Incredible Hulk and shit like that. It's funny. I actually used to read a, a comic book. It was an actual comic book. Uh, what the hell was this guy's name? He was an artist for Mad Magazine. Sergio Aragones. You know that name? Nope. Yeah, he was an artist for Bad Magazine. He did a comic strip. I think Aragones was his name. But he did a comic uh, a comic book, rather, called Gru the Wanderer. And it was like Conan the Barbarian meets, I don't know, any mostly retarded, sling blade kind of guy you could have. <laughs> you know, so he, he was a barbarian, fought with a sword and shit, but dumb as a brick. <laughs> Just, just funny yeah. little kids. So. <laughs> but yeah, Doctor Sleep. Um, I, I was impressed with this, you know, for several reasons. Uh, now I haven't read this book. I did read The Shining. I didn't even know this was a book. Uh, it came out in 2013, I guess. Uh, the changes they had to make in order to make it work as a film were brilliant. Because I did do a little bit of research, and in the book. Um, the Shining, the Overlook blows up. And in Dr. Sleep, they have to go back to the campground that used to be the Overlook Hotel to deal with these ghosts. 
So this guy that uh, who's a Mike Flanagan, that uh, uh, directed yeah. this one, he decided he was going to incorporate the Kubrick ending, leave the Overlook a uh, you know standing, it just abandoned it, shut down, and boarded up. And I thought that was that was brilliant to give a nod to Kubrick, while still giving a nod to Stephen King and fusing both movies together or both books together, yeah, no book and film together. I think it was just brilliant, which really adds to why this is such a good movie. And the actors they got to play all these parts. I mean, all the different ghosts from The Shining. Hell, half of these people are probably dead. You know, they yeah. played those roles back in 1980. But uh, they recreated them perfectly. I mean, they all... You know, they all look like those characters. Like, but you know, we're 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 uh, we're running ahead of this because that's the at the end of the movie. All right, well, let's you back know? it up. Let's back it up. Well, back it up. Like, you know, I gotta say, this movie is so good that to me, you know, even watching the director's cut, it's three hours long, but the flow is so good that there, there's I've never seen a three-hour movie that didn't even leave a, at least have one boring part. Because even the dialogue was very interesting. Yeah, it, it you know? never dragged once. Not that is, once. That is impressive, especially the three-hour version. You know, normally, if you cut shit out, there's a reason for it. I don't know if it was just to keep asses in the seats in a the theater or what. But the three-hour version is every bit as good. Yeah, no, the three-hour version, what they cut out is some of it's kind of vital. You know, what they did was... They cut out certain parts of, of the theatrical because what they did was kind of like, okay, this will explain it without all this other talk. Right. But all that other talk is really good and interesting. But they say, well, you know, we can't cut it all out because it won't make sense. But, you know, but like the piano scene, now I got to go back and look at the theatrical to see if that was in there. Piano scenes is an incredible buildup for the little girl. Incredible. Right. Right. You know, because as far as I remember, her powers began at her birthday party. You know, that's when you with the spoons and shit. But yeah, yeah. call it out the uh, the uh, uh, what the hell was it? Wasn't it a magician at her party? Something like that. Yeah, with a hat. He had a yeah. little hat. But the, the the opening scene is awesome. I love how the opening scene starts like from above going down on trees. Right. And, and then it goes to the little girl, uh, Violet was her name, I think. Violet. You know, right. and yeah, she's yeah. Still... Violet for Violet by the lake. Yeah, and it's and she's extremely adorable. What a cute little girl. And so, you know, her whole mannerisms, she's just so cute. Going in the flowers and going up to Rose the Hat, like, you know, naive, but not really scared. But, you know, you can tell she's a little nervous. Oh, yes. Brilliant little actress. And, um, you know, then when each person would show up and she's like, no, they're my friends. Don't worry about it. So she kind of like put her at ease. And and believe me, watching this shit in the theater for the first time, last thing I was expecting was they were going to murder this little girl. Right. You know? Right. And, and it turns in the theatrical version, you don't get that feeling. You just see she's missing that it doesn't really come out to a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, because they all run up. Well, even in extended version, they don't show them killing her. Right. It's just show them running up to her, and then it cuts to another scene. But it's just so, like, it's, like, very innocent, but yet, yet 
it's so dark how that scene ends that you're like, oh shit. But yeah, you don't think she's dead. Even when they, they superimpose like her picture on a missing persons thing. Right. You still don't know she's dead yet. You know, right. she's so... kidnapped for some weird reason. Yeah, exactly. You just think she's kidnapped till they you know, till she uh rolls the hat, opens that little canister going, oh, she's violent, she's uh tastes like flowers. Yeah. That's when you realize she's dead. Right, and that's supposed to take place years later because the the violent abduction takes place when Danny and Wendy are living uh, in Florida. Yeah. He's still it's, a little boy. It's nineteen eighty. Yeah. They even show it on the screen, nineteen eighty. Uh and yeah, I can't remember what year it was because they did cut cut so many years later when Danny was uh was um grown. Oh, now I remember the little the other little kid that died. Um but um yeah, I, it, I, I'm pretty sure I had to do with Shiny. Remember when Danny woke up with that chick and uh, from the bar? Yeah. And there was a little baby in the house, a little yeah, kid. Yeah, she like and aspirated she, on vomit. Yeah, the, she put the woman he did. Yeah, he put the baby on on the bed, but then later, like her, you know, her dead body shows up on Danny's bed. Yeah. And the little kid turns around and goes, "Mommy," and the little kid's dead. Yeah. And that that scene is so cool because when she's talking to him, there's a fly on her eye. Right. That shit's wicked, man. There's that, a fucking fly on her eye. You know? Yeah, that was actually a pretty uh pretty creepy scene when the, when it's the baby creepy. goes, bah, bah. <laughs> yeah, it actually made me jump a little bit. Yeah, and he was like, <laughs> "What the fuck?" You know? Yeah, that's the other kid I was thinking of. So yeah, there's three little kids, you know, and uh. You know, they haven't found us yet. She said it twice. Yeah, yeah. They're so, still so dead you know the at the baby house. starved to death. That's right. horrifying. Oh, yeah, it's fucking, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just so, this movie's fucked up, <laughs> you know? Oh, all the way around, you know, you, uh, you, you open with, you know, as we're saying, the uh, little violet rose the hat, and then the true knot surrounding her you don't really see what happens you find that out later when they get to push her i forget what her name is the blonde girl there yeah the, the <laughs> oh, what call her something um because she cut the guy's face so they gave her a name spider cut or something like that spider bite i forgot yeah something but, like that snake bite something snake bite that's what it was snake yeah. bite and that was wicked too when they killed her but, you know, they didn't really kill her. I mean, they did kill her technically, but they made her part of the knot. Because to be part of the true knot, you have to die. You yes, know? it's basically and, becoming a vampire, if you think about it. Yeah, in a way. But, you know, these vampires can get killed without being a stake through the heart. You could just put a bullet in them and kill them, you know? Sure. But that scene was wicked, too, because, you know, she's like, you know, after she comes back to life, she's like, you told me it wasn't going to hurt. And then... She, and then Rose says the coolest line because she's so fucking evil. She's like, "Well, you don't feel pain now, do you?" It's <laughs> like, yeah. So like, yeah, you know, you told me it wasn't gonna hurt. She's got to be the most evil villainous yeah. I've seen in a film because nobody with tits that nice needs to be that goddamn raw. <laughs> so, dude, I'm telling you, watching this movie, I'm like, "Fuck it, kill me, man!" I, if I if I get to bang you in the afterlife. Fuck it, throw some smoke in my mouth and and, and do the little true knot speech. Oh, but uh, I, I gotta give I gotta give some points why this movie is so amazing to me. 
Absolutely. You know, one, the, the murders of these, the little girl is enough. But the way that, this is what I love. And I, you don't see this in movies, man. This Rose the Hat is so evil and fucked up. But yet, throughout the movie, she gets pimp slapped a lot by this little girl. Right. You know, I mean, she fucks Rose the Hat up. Yeah, little, little Abra's a beast. Oh, she fucks her up, man. She, I mean, even, uh, you know, before they ever met, and then when she flies to her house, she outsmarts Rose the Hat constantly. But Rose the Hat is like, she's so well put together. Like, you can't picture her get fooled. And yet this little girl fucks her up, man, constantly. Like, at the at the grocery store, throws her across the room. Get the fuck out of my head. Yeah. And, and the way she, like, flies and... And her, you know, just Rose the Hatch, like, the girl should have won an Oscar. So her facial expressions when she gets owned, you can't get no better acting than that. Cause, oh, yeah, when she's in the little girl's room and she's talking shit about her filing cabinet. Yeah. And then the, the drawer slams on her head and Abra gets into her head and she's going through her cathedral she was just bragging about. Oh, it's, it's fucking brilliant. No, and then they were talking about, well, you know... We're gonna kill her. We're gonna make her part of the knot. He's like, no, we can't put her in a knot. That girl's way too powerful. But we can keep her alive. And the guy's like, are you fucking nuts? Yeah. We can't, you know. And and it would have been a bad idea if they captured her and kept her alive, because you know she would have done something fucked up and got out of it. Probably would have wasted them all. But just just the mannerisms of this rose the hat being so owned. And the faces she would make when, you know, she was, I mean, I don't know, man. I'm telling you. It was just extreme shock. Like, how the hell does a child do this? Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, at the whole time, you know, she's thinking, wow, this girl's very powerful. And then, like, before she ever went to the room, you know, she still was, like, a little cocky. Like, you know, yeah, you know, I mean, this girl's got major power. We're going to get her and fuck her up. But then when she gets there, it's a whole new thing. It's like. The girl got in my head, yeah. you know, and the dude was like, what? That's never happened before. He's like, yeah, this girl is beyond powerful, you know? And well, She was uh, powerful enough where you couldn't really see her face when Abra was talking to her, talking yeah. shit to her. Yeah, her hair was blue, too. You know, her hair's the wrong color. Her eyes are completely smudged out. You can't really yeah. see it, you know, from the top of her lips up. No, it, but, it was really well well done in, in a way like fucking the smartest guy in the knot was uh crow daddy because you know he did what what rose the hat couldn't do he actually did end, end up fucking getting getting the little girl right you know and you know um and and that's another you know i mean fuck it we'll go all over the place another brutal scene they kill her father yeah you know it's like there i mean it's just no mercy anywhere you know, it's, this movie is like, yeah, it's a fantasy and everything, but also at the same time, hey, man, this is real life shit, you know? And you know how, how stuff happens, like, well, this ain't Hollywood, you know, when shit happens in real life. This movie was like real life shit. This will, you know, you're not going to expect a little baseball, uh, baseball kid to get killed or the little girl in the beginning or even, you know, the, the little baby on the bed with the mom. But they all die. And that's unheard of. I mean, maybe one one kid death in a movie. Maybe one. But three? You know? And the father. And, you know, it's just 
Oh, and and I love too. You know, going back to the beginning of the movie, I love after uh, they give him the little secret about the box. Right. And and he's sitting watching Bugs Bunny with his mom. Yep. And he just nonchalantly walks to the bathroom, opens the door. That old decrepit naked woman comes out of the bathtub like in The Shining. Yeah. And he smile on her face. She thinks she's yeah. got him. Yeah, exactly. So he closes the door nonchalantly. You hear the girl scream, and they have little flashes of the box. Yeah. So he, like, put her in the box, and then he just walks right out and sits back with mom. That's when Danny becomes, like, a badass. Right. Like, you could tell he's not scared anymore, and he's got this power, but then later on in life, he was trying to forget it, you know? Yeah, it's like he was trying to stun it, because he at, at that point, he becomes much like his dad, an alcoholic. Yeah. You know, getting into, uh, you know, bar fights, banging whores, doing coke. Right. Yeah. Uh, real life shit. Yeah. Right. And, and, uh, and, you know, then he goes to the, and even the fucking 12 step program, the, the rehab, which is usually boring in movies. It's great. He talks about his dad, you know, there's a great flow to it, but, and, and, but he's still got that power in this little girl. That's the one part. If there's anything I don't understand about this movie, but at the same time, I'm thinking maybe it's because of the power of The Shining, is how that little girl found him, and you know started writing on the wall. And writing shit. on the wall, yeah, because uh, uh, I forget what his buddy's name was, but it becomes his uh, sponsor. Right, this guy, because uh, Danny figures out what uh, the woman's dead on the bed, and he sets the baby down next to her, walks out with her buddy. You know, steals yeah. money. And I I guess at that point he figures out he's hit rock bottom. So he leaves, ends up in the town. You know, uh, this guy finds him an apartment. And it's got a chalkboard wall. What 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 did the landlady say? The guy the, the guy that the lived guy that lived before math equations. Yeah. Yeah, before the guy was writing on the walls and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So so you got Abra. Who I think she's East Coast because this is more middle of the country where he's living now. Projecting to him, writing on the wall, "Hello, good morning," and stuff like that. It's that's wild in its own right, which probably should have led us to believe how strong her power is because it's obviously stronger than Danny's ever was. Oh no, she's probably the strongest ever. I mean, she could see uh, the true knot from the other side of the country. Right. You know, that's another thing, like, you know, and this Rose the Hat is like, maybe even farther. It's like, how the fuck can she see us from that far? Right. And that's how much power this little girl had. And and I don't and, and again, it's unexpected. You're going to get a little black girl to be like the most powerful, you know, of the shining. Brilliant. It's just brilliant. It's the unexpected. But Hollywood is, a, you know, the way Hollywood is, it, everything's expected. Right. And, and this movie was just full of originality. I don't know, man. I think, I mean, even though it's nothing like Stanley Kubrick's vision, I could see him be very proud of this movie because of the realism of this fantasy type situation, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, um, well, strong homage is paid to Kubrick in the end of the movie anyway. Yeah. And a little bit in the beginning because they show a little bit of the, you know, the overlook at the beginning. You know, but, man, it's like I almost don't want to go to the end because it's like we're talking about Abra. We're talking about Rose the Hat. 
And we're forgetting that Danny is the catalyst in all of this. And also, uh, Danny, uh, as a little kid, like, you know, in the beginning, in the extended version, there's another scene of him as a little kid. Later on, when he's staring at the mirror and shit. Uh-huh. Uh, that that that's not in the theatrical version. So, like in the theatrical version, you know, it starts off with Danny's little kid, build it up, and then it flashes when he's older. Right. But after he becomes older, there is a flashback scene, you know, and also at the end, of course, there's that, you know, the very last scene. But well, not the last scene, but you know, the last scene in the in the Overlook right. when the mom shows up. But it's just so I don't know, man. I, I'm gonna start repeating myself, but it's just so fucking well done. And so interesting visually, uh, and you know the shining. You you know you got to watch a million documentaries to get this and that. Doctor Sleep, you don't have to look into nothing as long as you know the shining. Right. And even you don't even have to know the shining with every little fucking glowing detail about it. You know the overall. This fucking movie took the shining and and just made it perfect without any abstract or very little heading ma- meanings like. Stanley Kubrick loved to put in scenes, little things that, you know, that uh, aren't like the norm. You know, I mean, as much as I'm going over Dr. Sleep, to me, The Shining may be more brilliant. I may be saying that because I've lived with it longer, but it's still um, mentally and, you know, uh, visually extremely satisfying. And I think Dr. Sleep pulls that. The Oscars just passed, right? The Oscars just happened? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I don't think it got any nominations, did it? I don't know. I didn't look into it. I don't know. I don't pay attention to that stuff anymore. That shit should have swept the Oscars. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And, and I'm telling you right now, man, I'm calling it. This movie, Dr. Sleep, is going to be such a cult classic when everybody finally gets around to seeing it. You know? When people start discovering it on, you know on HBO or, you know, hopefully they'll put it up on Netflix. That's right. what I'm hoping. Because if that happens, you know, forget it. It's going to blow up to, you're going to start seeing memes on Dr. Sleep. And because this movie is just so fucking perfect. It really is. And even the, even the middle part, I mean, where, where you find out that uh, dad gets his name because he goes by dad now. You know, his nickname, Dr. Sleep, comes from dying patients in a nursing home. Yeah, the, the, the guy dying called him Dr. Sleep, right? That's where it came from? Yeah. And the cat, that's another eerie thing about that movie, the cat. You know, the cat would always go in the rooms when, you know, to, when somebody's about to die. Well, see, I've read actual stories like that. Oh, yeah? Where nursing homes will have a cat, and just before a resident passes away... The cat will go and lay on their bed. Wow. So that's steeped in a little bit of reality right there. Ooh, I did not know that. That's so, creepy. So that one touched me in a way because I used to do nursing home work. I did it for seven years. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah, so that was very creepy. And Dan would be able to talk with his mind, could talk directly into somebody's mind and put them at ease. It made mm-hmm. everything very peaceful for these people who were terrified. And that, I think, I think, you know, a lot of people have what I call irrational fears. Uh, like, if you live in the Midwest and your fear is getting eaten by a shark, well, you're a fucking moron. You don't live anywhere near an ocean. Yeah. 
You know, I'm deathly afraid of snakes, and I'm deathly afraid of heights. So I avoid those two things. <laughs> you know, I don't go into the goddamn woods, and I don't go up. But death terrifies me. I need to piss. Sorry. <laughs> I'll be right back. All right. Oh. Fucking old guys. Well, bushy heights, snakes, all that shit doesn't scare me. You know what scares me? The only thing that scares me in this life, you know what that is? What's that? If Sammy Hagar ever returned to Van Halen. <laughs> Petrifies me. Oh, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. Oh, thank God. Anyway. Um, so, uh, where were we at in the movie now? Well, the, the whole, the whole doctor sleep thing, um, a, a death is another thing that terrifies me. And it's because I'm a man with no faith, you know? Right. And if, uh, if there's truly nothing after, how terrifying is this? You get anywhere between 50 and 80 years and then you're fucking done. That's it. You're gone. You're forgotten. Yeah. I mean, that's life. I mean, I mean, I won't, I'll be immortal. But yeah, for you, I understand. <laughs> yeah, no, no. exactly. Here, but you know, Dan's thing. able to tell these people, you know, that you go on. Right. You know, and and the guy goes straight at ease. He knows why the cat's there, you know, uh, and because you know people think old people they're senile, they don't know anything. No, they pay attention to everything because they can't get around as fast, so they see everything. And he's like, he's totally put at ease. He calms down. He's like, I can see my wife. And then he passes yeah. peacefully. You know? And I, but a little smoke comes out of his mouth. Right, I well, mean, are they, are they trying to tell us everybody has the shining? I think everybody has steam. I don't know if it's... Um, people that have the shine, I think, have much more. Right. And that's why... Uh, 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 the true uh, true knot has to torture and kill because it releases it in a deeper way, I guess, or in a better way, makes it stronger. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, and I was thinking that, all right, here she is food shopping. So I'm thinking, all right, they need to eat to live like the rest of us, like humans. Right. But I was always under the impression the reason they get steam and shit is like to get all fucking drugged out. I don't know. I guess it's to improve their shining uh, powers because if no, I don't think so. I don't think so because look at all the fucking steam they got out of a little baseball kid. Oh. I mean, come on. That's a lot of steam they got out of the little kid. And yet the old dude ends up dying. Right. Uh, they called it cycling, but he died. Yeah. So, so obviously the steam doesn't like give you power. And Cause that old guy lived what centuries centuries. Yeah. You know, he said he saw it. empires rise and fall. He was like the yeah. oldest of the bunch. Right. Yeah, I think it just, you know, it, that, it elongates that's a little, your life. Yeah, that's a little, yeah, there you go. That's what it does. It elongates your life, but it doesn't give you eternal life. It gives you centuries of life. Yeah, yeah. Live because, long, eat well. Is that what she said? Yeah, and you see when the old guy died, when all the steam came out of him, they all fucking jumped in like, wow. You know, they all right. fucking well, flipped up he that shit. He also shined. Oh no, no, he had some killer centuries worth of steam there, man. Right. You know that's uh some, but you know, I mean, at the same time, man, you should have grabbed a canister for that guy. <laughs> I think Rose was a little upset. Yeah, they weren't thinking straight, right. and that's 
And that's right when uh, Rose got, you know, pushed back. There was one person I like, and, you know, I'm not bashing people. Look, everybody's got their opinions, you know. Sure. One guy said, God, I love Dr. Sleep so much. The only thing I hated about it was when she, like, floated to that, you know, when she was flying. To I think that scene was so cool because not so much of her floating to the place, but when she went back. Because this chick, like, just fucking made her go back 100 million miles an hour, you know? Right, right. You saw she went there. Oh, man, that, that like, made up for... I mean, I'm, I, when when I first saw it and her floating there, I didn't think, what is this stupid shit? This isn't stupid. I was just, like, interested. I was just a little interested. But yeah, when she's she, circling the planet. Yeah. Trying to find this girl. You know oh, that's another thing, uh, uh, Bushy, was... um. Another very important deleted scene was the earthquake. Uh, that's how they found her. Right. Because of the earthquake. That was deleted from the original one. Uh, the guy found an article online about an earthquake that happened. And then the experts over there going, there was no earthquake. We don't know. We don't understand how this tremble happened. Right. And that's how they found out where she was. Right. They didn't explain that in the theatrical version. See, I've got to go back and watch that one. See, I was so excited to watch the uh, director's cut that I haven't even looked at the uh, theatrical release at all. There may be, I may be wrong, but I, it's just a, my, my tra train of thought here, you know, um, because it is hard, you know, to sit down and watch theatrical and then the un, to find a little, you have to like get two, two fucking, uh, two TVs, two DVD uh, Blu-ray players and play them both back to back to know exactly what's what, but. I'm almost positive that whole earthquake thing was not explained in the theatrical version because that's how they hunted her down. That's right. how they found out what neighborhood she was in. You know? Yeah. Down, I just down, watched, down to the down to the house. Mm -hmm. Watching the theatrical version, you just feel like it's the power of the shining that they found her. But no, right. they got a little they got a little information of yeah, they got like, a clue. And, and they were like, well, maybe it's not, but it's worth taking a look. Right. You know, it was like right. a 50-50 thing, you know? Yeah. And, it, and, and that's that's what makes the movie so fun, is you go from seeing Dan all chill and enjoying life. He's clean and sober. He's having these little laugh talks with this girl into shit's really getting real. And I, I guess it gets real around the time well, Red Rub shows up on his wall. Yeah, that's, that's when they kill the little baseball kid. Baseball team. boy. And that's what I say is probably the most brutal scene I have seen in a film without really showing anything. But that kid sold it, man. He sold it. His screams, his tears, his crying. His fear. I had to, I, I, had, I was uncomfortable. Yeah, it is an extremely uncomfortable scene where he says, oh, please, you're not going to hurt me, are, are you going to hurt me? And she's like, yes. Right. That's fucked up, man. And the way that he screams, it's just so realistic. It's it's disturbing. And again, I could be wrong, but I think that murder scene was even longer in the uncut version. You know, they, they went on a little long torturing the kid. You know, with with Violet, you don't see it, but with the baseball kid, they 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 go all out. I mean, you don't actually see the knife going into him. No, you just see like blood splash on yeah. his face. On his face, yeah. It is his screams, and it's you know what's going on. 
Yeah. And that's why I say it's the most brutal scene I've ever seen that shows nothing. Yeah, she, he's pleading for his life to, you know, like basically people that are kind of like the Terminator, you know? No no remorse, no feeling. All they're thinking about is that steam. Is that steam. And Nothing the funny part can... is, I watched the special feature stuff, and the kid had a ball doing that scene. The people doing the scene, they had to do a couple takes because they kept turning away because it was bothering them. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's terrible. And that, that's that another thing. sold the hell out of that scene. Yeah. That, that scene alone was Oscar-worthy, if you ask me. Another criticism I've seen online was some people said, I love the movie, but I have a child. And it wasn't easy watching that, you know? And I don't have no kids that I know of. And that really fucking fucked me up watching that, you know? Oh, it was it was absolutely brutal because that's kind of that's that's kind of the rule, ain't it? You don't show kids being tortured. <laughs> but they did. They showed his face being tortured. Like, and you don't, uh, you don't do that. And uh, yeah, what you brought up in that last episode when we were talking about The Shining, I did pay attention to the baseball game, and uh, the original Danny. Uh, was in that scene. He did have a line. Yeah, he you know? did the talking part. He's talking yeah. about the kid having an arm. Right. Yeah, because uh, you know, so I, I I could be wrong. I thought you said something like, "If you blink, you miss him." But I I, I did say something like that because that's what I read. Right. But when I went back and watched it, you really look at the guy. You're like, "No, that's fucking Danny." It is a very very quick scene though. But yeah, he does but does have a line. Twenty he seconds actually, maybe. Yeah, he does, maybe even less. He he says something, and then they go back to the baseball game. Yeah. You know, I, I was yeah, paying attention to that. talking about this kid, number whatever he is, having a hell of an arm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's what he says. And, which is great, man. Br- bring bring him back. Yeah, because he's know? done no real acting since The Shining. I guess, I guess he did something, but after that, he was done. I believe he did a TV show when I read up on him. It was, I think he did a TV spot when he was still a little kid, and then he just stopped. Then, right. you know, stopped, he quit acting. But it's so cool that they brought him back for that, you know? Yeah, it would have yeah. been cool if they brought a couple other people that are still with us, like a, a brief Jack Nicholson role, like, you know, at the baseball game, too, you know? Or Shelley Duvall, like, you know, at the, uh, being one of the people that die at the, at the fucking, uh, what was that called? Hospice? Right, you know, um, isn't, but, isn't she batshit crazy now? Yeah, she is. Well, okay. she looks it. That's for sure. Right. I mean, she's not. She's big. She's huge. Or back like then, I said I, I preferred her at Popeye. Right. To, to the shining. The only reason she got the shining role is her ability to scream and look terrified because her she acting was, sucked. And she fucking hated Stanley Kubrick. They were at each other's throats that whole fucking movie. They really didn't get along. Wow. And. And a lot of those scenes where she's all pissed off and shit was was very real, you know, uh, because she was just so upset with Stanley Kubrick, you know. But, yeah, going back to the to Dr. Sleep, so they kill the kid, and while they're killing the kid, the little girl's asleep. Yeah, but, she's seeing it. But she's seeing it. Right. And she's freaking out. And that's where it gets extremely interesting in the plot because now she can see them. Right. See what they're doing. Uh, and because the guy picked up the, the baseball glove. Uh-huh. And, and that's, the guy, that's the guy that I thought was his Sons of Anarchy, by the way. That guy. Right. Not. Yeah. Just the reason the guy put on that baseball glove uh, gave her enough power to fucking be in the van with them right. at one point, you know. 
and yeah, no one told Danny. She said, she said, get the glove. He had it on. I could find him that way. Yeah. And See, yeah. I didn't have to watch this bitch today to know what's going on. <laughs> right. Well, no, I, I'm telling you shit I've already known for since I've seen the movie. But I just want to refresh myself. But, you know, by p- putting on the extended version today and watching the theatrical version like four or five days ago, I'm old, dude. <laughs> you know, it's like, was this actually in the theatrical version? It was like, but some parts I'm like, I'm pretty sure this wasn't in the, uh, I got to live with it much longer to find out what's what. I mean, everybody out there, man, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, you're fucked because we're giving it all away. You, you know, hopefully everybody listening saw this fucking movie. For real. You know, for real. But, but yeah, just uh, th- that's when it starts getting very interesting because now she can track them, and again they're all going to to the house uh, to the house. But but uh, there's a little um, uh, the the part where they go in the forest. Um, oh, I love that scene. That scene is so good because there's Abner on the park bench, and uh, Snake Bites walking up to her, and, and then puts a her. and injects her and is like. Pfft. Man, that wasn't hard. And then it's a fucking teddy bear. Teddy bear, that, yeah. That was ejected, and she's like, "What the fuck?" And then yeah. that's when they start getting shot. And what's really intense about that scene is like, right when one of them gets shot, Rose the Hat feels it. Right. She's like, "Get out! Get out!" Yeah, she's screaming. She's like meditating because that's what yeah, she, she does is meditates. And... and again, it's so cool to see the bad guy freaking out. You know, the bad person, the the villain. You know, getting getting owned again. She got owned several times. And the way that Rose Act carries herself, it seems like it's impossible to own her. But they did. Right. You so know? it's always, you get the feeling it's pure shock and pure terror. How is this happening? Yeah. And at the same time, you're getting pure rage. Right. You know, and yeah. that's, you know, and, and they basically, Dan and his, uh, his sponsor uh, basically take out the whole true knot. Um, who is a snake bite there? She ends up just before dying, tell a dude to kill himself. Cause she has that power to push, you know, power of suggestion. And he blows his brains out. And I wasn't ready for that scene either. I was like, ah, <laughs> you know, cause he's even an endearing character. Right. You know, you really like him. He helped Dan come out of his alcoholism. He gives him an apartment. He gives him a job. He's just a good guy. It doesn't even believe any of this bullshit Dan's telling him. You know, until he sees it for himself. It's, I, I, I cannot sing enough praises about this. But uh, who, who's that other cat? Man, I forget his name. They all have such weird fucking names. What is it, Crow Daddy? Yeah, Crow Daddy's the one that I thought was a, bra- a Backstreet Boy. Okay. Yeah, that's the guy I thought that was the Backstreet Boy. <laughs> he looks just like him, but, you know, then on Wikipedia, I mean, he looks much older, you know. But, God, that guy looks exactly like one of the Backstreet Boys with the nice. thin mustache. Right. Th- or maybe it's in sync. I don't know. I get them confused. I know. All the boy bands are the same. Yeah. He, he could have been one of the new kids on the block for all I know. At least the age <laughs> would be right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would look more like that. But yeah, because when I went to the theater, I'm like, dude, that's the dude from the Backstreet Boys. You know, it was just <laughs> it's very confusing. I mean, if ever if ever this dude uh, like uh, his name is Zon 
McLaren. I have his Wikipedia thing up now. Um, and uh, boy, if ever he went out on a shooting spree and killed people, uh, and uh, they got to get the Backstreet Boy to play him in a movie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> he looks just like him. That's great. That's great. I, you know, it's funny. I just pulled up Wiki. I thought Daddy had moved to uh, the Midwest. It was fucking New Hampshire. So he didn't even go out west. He just went from Florida, went north. Wow. Well, yeah. So, so now we're going into the, you know, where where they're shooting all the people up. And what's really cool about that was Snakebite shows that she even has more power than Danny because she makes him go to sleep. Right. It you took know, her a few tries. Yeah, but you know, she. It, it, it she wasn't easy. She's out. like, look, bitch. Right. She not he knocked she knocked his ass out and then uh what do you call um uh but you know right when she was about to kill him, you know, Danny's buddy comes and, and shoots her. Right. But boy, right before she dies, she tells him, Kill yourself. I mean, the guy doesn't hesitate. Nope. Puts the Close rifle the- underneath his chin and bang. Fucked up. Another unexpected turn. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was saying. I was just like, "Good God," because he's such a good character. You really, yeah. It, it, that's one of the great things about this film. It was it was done so well, and I and I'm I'm gonna have to read this book because if Stephen King wrote these characters as well as uh, who was it there, uh, uh, Mike Flanagan directed these characters. Wow, just absolutely wow, because it's a great character-driven story. Right. It's not just about all your shock and all, which is what a lot of horror films are, you know, but that's what made The Shining so great, the, the Kubrick, you know, interpretation. But now you got you got little Abra, she's been captured, you know, she's doped up, you got uh, Crow Daddy has got her, and Dan does a little trick we didn't see he had. Where he t- takes over her body. Yeah, yeah. When, Because uh, she's like half awake, so maybe that helped. You know, she's all drugged up and shit. But yeah, he got in the van. Yeah, and it was... You know, he could see everything that's going on and causes Crow Daddy to, you know, crash the van. And I love, right before it crashed, he, he said, you ain't wearing your seatbelt. <laughs> that shit's badass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like... <laughs> Must be good to know you're not going to die <laughs> or yeah. something to that effect, you know. <laughs> I see you ain't wearing your seatbelt and bam. But the best part of all that is, you know, Abra comes to, you know, it's her. Danny's not in her anymore. She gets out of the van. She's like, I hope that hurts. Yeah, that's awesome when she said that. And then as she's walking away, Rose the Hat shows up in her uh, ghost form, I guess, because it's not really her. Uh, I, I forget what it's called when you can project your body out. Um, th- there is a term for that. Right. Because um, I, I, I know my daughter's mother was into all that shit. She was, you know, into Wiccan religion. And I, I forget what that's called, but that's what Rose the Hat does. So the whole circling the globe and uh, uh, finding the United States and then floating down to her town, to her street, to her block. That didn't bother me because I've dealt with people thinking that stuff before. But you find out what a badass this little girl is. She don't give a 
fuck. She sees her standing there, and, and Rose is pissed. I mean, the rage in her face. There's no yeah. fear there. It's absolute rage. No, she's pissed because they, they killed all her fucking partners. Her, her whole clan. The whole knot is dead. And Abra just walks right through her like she don't even matter. Right, like nothing. <laughs> and, and, and then we're getting to, you know, to the meat and potatoes. Is where we're tying in the Kubrick version. To the to the uh, to to this, you know, the actual original Shining book, Kubrick twisted up a lot. Yeah, because this movie it, decides to pay homage to that and bring back the Overlook, which was burned down on the Shining. Absolutely. And they and and what a great great way. I mean, they add a little bit of the Shining to the ending of the movie. Well, a lot oh, of the Shining, but oh yeah, oh, yeah. but oh. it. it but it connects. Oh. Yeah, but it connects so well with the story we've just been looking at. You know, it's like okay, now we're gonna make her go over there, rolls the hat, and she shows up. And I always love. She said it like eight times in the movie. Well, hi there. Yeah. You know, it's just just the way she says that. It's so so condescending how she does it, but so hot too at the same time. Oh, that's it's like sexy oh my. Woman. I like oh, how the she looked at Dan and said, "How did you slip past us?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, where have you been? Yeah, uh, she was freaking out over him. Now you know? here, here's a fun thing. If you remember our shining episode, you remember I was going off about the bourbon thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Jack yeah. Daniels. Right. Now with this, with Henry Thomas is playing the Jack Nicholson role, but has no knowledge of being Dad's dad. He says, "If I remember right, you're a whiskey man." It pours a Jack Daniels. Right. So, God damn it. It's a bourbon fucking whiskey. Well, here's the thing. Uh, And I can't remember verbatim what this guy said, but there was a comment on, I think, the YouTube video of our version, of my version. A guy did explain, look, it's technically not bourbon. You know, and he did go on to say it really is whiskey, not bourbon. But, you know, there is a, a, a loophole there. There's a loophole. It's like, it's bourbon, but it's not. It's a weird, weird way to explain it. Well, but, I know that you looked it up last time we were talking. Well, that's it Wikipedia. It could be called bourbon. But that's Wikipedia. Right. You know, Wikipedia, anybody can write that. <laughs> this is true. But the way this guy <laughs> explained me. it, it makes it sound like it's whiskey. You know, basically, the definition of Jack Daniels is whiskey. But there is a, a, a bourbon loophole in there. That's why I always thought for for all my life, because I've been a Jack man. When I used to drink, that was my drink of choice. You know, and I always thought I was drinking bourbon. Always. And when I've had bourbon that wasn't Jack Daniels, tasted the same to me. Okay. I didn't like, I couldn't I tell like Jim Beam. Jim Beam is straight Kentucky bourbon. Right. I, 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 I noticed a similarity. nothing like Jack Daniels. Oh, I noticed a similarity. But then again, I mixed it with Coke. Maybe when you mix it with Coke, it tastes like Jack. Maybe, because I know that, uh, like, I've got a, I've got a, fuck. It, it, I got a pretty big bottle of Jack Daniels here right now. I'm not drinking it because I wanted to be able to talk. Mm-hmm. But um, I could drink it straight. Right. And, I don't, I don't, like, I, I. That's I, because of my ex-girlfriend. I but can't I'll fill up a half a glass, you know, half of a a drinking glass, you know. And now I can't slug it. 
I can slug a shot. But if uh, I'm drinking a glass, you know, it takes me four or five, you know, to get it down. Every time I'm drinking Jack without Coke straight, I puke. I got a, I got a weak gut. So I've always mixed it with soda after that, Coke. Bill, I haven't Jack had a taste of Jack Daniels. my gut. Well, I did have a, a Jack and Coke uh, at Rock and Potter last year. But before that, it's been like seven years. Nice. Have you seen the lineup for Rock and Pod this year? God. So yeah, so far yes. Um, yeah, so far it's good. Uh, you're not going to be there. I'm, I'm actually hoping I can get there. I mean, that may be a bigger problem now. Oh really? Yeah, but I'm hoping to get there. Okay, I'll figure hope, out a way. I hope you make it. If I could rent a car, I could do it. If I have to drive my car, I can't go. Right. Well, we'll either just, way, uh, we'll have to see what happens. And, and this is the worst part. Nevaeh says she's not going this year because she got so behind in school <laughs> that she's not going this year. I'm like, fuck. Wow. <laughs> I could have like way more fun now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hookers and blow. <laughs> God. <laughs> and it's and it's and it's on my weekend off. Right. So I've only got to do some, you know, shift swapping for the other days, and I could be there even longer. I just, I, I have to get some things in place to see if it can happen. My plan is to go. I just don't know if I'll be able to make it. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of over it. I was kind of bummed in the beginning, but now it's kind of like, no, you know what? I'm fine. I'm fine. I mean, everything happens for a reason, and right. Uh, oh, now, I mean, it's I'm, a good time, and I like to see you. Yeah, it's a good time, but you know. It is a great time, but you know what? I have a good time anywhere I go, so it's not like that's the only destination of a good time. I'll be I'll be going somewhere next month, having a really good time. But I don't really want to talk about that. I'll tell you that off the air. Gotcha. Uh, well, I'm gonna have what, an, what you're doing is you're gonna force me to come to fucking Miami. Yeah, come on down, dude. And it's gonna be the most miserable experience of your life because I'm gonna be like, look, take me to the house where Dexter lived. I want to see where Miami Vice filmed. <laughs> I don't know where Miami Vice filmed, but I know where Dexter lives. I used to deliver Chinese food to that place. That's awesome. I just want a picture of that place. Be standing in front of it. I want to stand in front of his apartment. Yeah, I know. I know exactly where that is. Like, like you did with the uh, Led Zeppelin cover. Yeah, and you know, that you was went on, to New York. That was on purpose too. I made my buddy take me there. See, you know? that's what I'm saying. Yo, Vince keeps telling me to Vince Cavadot, everybody. Keeps telling me to uh, come to L.A. And it's like, I, dude, my hatred for California is strong. Okay. However, I know Vince can show me the Sunset Strip that I want to see. I want to go where all my heroes played. And that's all the way back to the fucking doors, dude. I'm not just talking your poisons yeah. and bands like that. I mean, all the way back to the doors. Yeah, the Troubadour. I've been talking to the clubs. Troubadour, the whiskey. You know, take me to the Rainbow. I want to go to those places. Yep, I've been told. Strip clubs, fuck a Motley Crew filled girls, girls, girls in. Right, the, the Seventh Veil, I think, is the one in California. I'm not sure. I know the Dollhouse in Fort Lauderdale. I don't know if the Dollhouse is still there. I know exactly where it is. It's on the Fort Lauderdale Strip. Well, if it's still there, I just hope it ain't the same girls dancing because that could be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Marge, pick your tits up off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, God. All right, well, going back to the movie. Yeah, I was about to say, but we digress. 
And uh, then we got, um, okay, after they kill the Crow Daddy, uh, is that when they start going to the Overlook? Yeah, because it's, uh, it's just Dan and Abra. And he say we're going to a place, you know, uh, you know, to fight her. And uh, that's when uh, she calls her mother. Or no, her mother calls her. Yeah. And all she says to Dan as the phone's ringing is, what the hell does she say to him? I forgot, but I know she said something to the mom and then threw the cell phone it, up. It's something about promise me we'll get a hold of her as soon as this is done or something to that effect. Right. And all she does is answer the phone and says, I love you, hangs up and throws the fucking phone out the goddamn van. Yeah, because they can't track her that way. Right. And but- as a parent... That actually infuriated me because I hate it when I can't get a hold of my daughter. Right. You know, so I, you know, as a parent, I couldn't imagine. Oh, oh my God, my husband's dead. I got blood everywhere. My daughter's gone. <laughs> she answered the phone, said "I love you," and hangs up. <laughs> <laughs> but this might be my favorite part of the film because as they're driving to the Overlook, the scenes are almost. Did they use stock footage? No. No, everything. And they even show the making of how they built the place. They actually built it to, to look identical to the original uh, Outlook Hotel from The Shining. And it's crazy. It's creepy how, to the T, they, uh, they even put, they, you even had the bare carpet on, right. on, the, on the floor right. during that scene where, Oh, it's all those kind of, internal sets, yeah. Yeah, they did all that. They rebuilt it all. Yeah, and, they were very, very meticulous. Oh, extremely meticulous. It looks exa- identical like it. You know, they, w- up to the, the typewriter was still there. You yeah, know? yeah, and, with, with the papers. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but, but you know, we're cutting out, like, the incredible homage to Stanley Kubrick driving to the place. Because they, yeah. they brought back the fucking music. The only, the only difference is they're driving there at nighttime. Of standing up and cheering and clapping my hands. Yeah. When they're driving to the Overlook, and you know the cameras going over that lake and the island in the middle of the lake, and that dun 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 dun, I'm like, oh my god, yes. <laughs> but the difference is this one's nighttime. Right. You know they're driving there in the nighttime where Stanley Kubrick was daytime. But right. yeah, and the same. Same camera. That's the one part of the movie that's like, like, all right, now you're. You, we just spent this whole movie with slight little homages that are not like much. To man, this is like identical. The only difference is nighttime. Right. You know, and they get there, and uh, sure, he's like, okay, she's here. You know, and she walks in. Well, hi there. Yeah. You know, and again, they they. Um, they throw her in the maze. And, yes, yes. And this little girl is fucking with her. Cutting her, her legs. ass. She's running by and cutting her. <laughs> and then finally, she catches her and lifts her up. And you see that box coming up to her. Yes. And it turns out that's when Rose got wise to it. Going, wait a second. Right. You're not, you're not here. And, and she blew up the box, which that was the one part where they couldn't outsmart her. Finally. Finally, yeah. Uh, you know, she. There, there's where Rose the Happy became a badass. 
Like, okay, enough, enough of fucking with me, you know? And she goes back in, <laughs> and they kind of reenact the scene a little bit with, uh, you know, Jack Nicholson walking up to, you know, I'm just going to bash your fucking brains in, you know, type thing. But it's the other way around. It's Danny. Right. You know, What's Danny holding again? It wasn't a baseball bat. No, it was an axe. It was an axe. Well, that's because, and now, now we jumped a little bit ahead. That's because, you know, Danny and uh, uh, Abra are, are there to fight fucking what's-her-face. She figures it out. And Danny and Rose the Hat get into a fight, and she fucks him up with the axe. Is that the way it works? Does she get? Doesn't she get killed? Well, she she throws him down the stairs. Right. She gets the axe and she like stabs his leg with it, and then she starts putting his fingers in the her fingers in his wound. Yeah, and this shit always hurts. Every time I see shit like that. Yeah. Like, oh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> and Steve's coming out and she, when she's whiffing his Steve, she's like, "Oh my god, this is some good shit." Yeah, yeah, she's like, how do we not see you? That That's where she said that. But, man, it was so awesome where he goes, you know, like, they're hungry. Yeah, and, you don't know where you are. Yeah, and every cast of character creepy fuck from The Shining show up. Yeah, the, the squids. Yeah, the squids, the naked old lady, the, the bartender, the guy with the... Uh, with uh, you know, nice party, isn't it? Nice He's party, there. Eh? yeah. <laughs> they're all there, and they fucking... Fuck her up. And uh, but then they go after Dan. And, and they enter him. Yeah. They enter him, and then he tries to kill the little girl. And they go into room, uh, was it 237? 237, yeah. Yeah, they go into that room. And, uh, you know, she, she with her power, she snaps him out of it for a little bit. For, for a minute, yeah. Yeah, for a minute. And she got him out of it. And then he's like, you know, he feels it coming back to him. Like, run! Because I'm going to fucking kill you. Right, right. Back in, you know? but, I like and, how she said, you don't know who you're in or where you are, talking yeah. about being inside Danny. Right. And yeah, this is she, what I liked about what this director did. Um, Stephen King was always pissed off at the ending of Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining. He hated it. This guy took Stephen King's original ending from The Shining and put it in this film, The Boiler. And we skipped over, like, you know, earlier uh, when they're at the Overlook, he was in The Boiler, like, turning on all the Cranking everything up. Yeah. yeah. So then yeah. she escapes, and he's all fucked up, but he goes in The Boiler. And what's so eerie and beautiful at the same time, it's eerie and beautiful. Is where Danny turns and there's his mom. Right. And the camera turns to Danny and there's Danny's little boy. Yes. And then she's outside going, come on, you can make it, come out. But it was too late. You know, the place burned down. And, go ahead. Even that's a weird scene because, yeah, you see the overlook on fire and all the fire trucks coming and such. And the next thing you know, it's Dan and her talking. And it's like you... You, yeah. you, all, you almost forget that we continue on. You know, you think, oh, good, he made it. <laughs> no, no, he well, didn't. Well, you know, and also earlier in the movie, you know, there's a couple times where Scatman shows up, so it kind of explains that. Like it the, does. 
the spirit shows up. So he shows up and he pretty much gives her a little pep talk. Yeah, but when I, I say it, he's wrong to say suppress your shine. You let it go. Yeah. You know, because yeah. he was so scared for her with the true knot. Right. He's like, you hide that shit. Because he was yelling at her every time she fucked with Rose. <laughs> he's like yelling at her. No, and, and then like Rose says, very important what she says at the end, toward the end of her life, is like, oh no, there's more of us out there. You know? Yeah, like, she's just the prettiest or the best looking or something Yeah, like exactly. I'm just the prettiest. And then that's one of the things that they last talked about in that final scene was, you know, do you think there's more of them out there? And he's like, well, I, I'm not sure. Maybe. You know, which would be a good setup for, you know, another sequel, you know? If there was more out there and shows. But, you know, you'll get to see it. I'll be dead by then. But, um, you no, know, that'll probably be another to, 30 years. I don't, I don't think it would be done very well. I really don't. I right. think at that point it would be a cash grab. Yeah, leave it like this. You know, I mean, this will be a perfect. Uh, but, you know, then, um, like, you want to discuss the very last thing in the movie I loved so much was uh, when she goes to the bathroom. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. She, she walks in the bathroom because you got to remember, Dan let them all out of the box. Yep. So they're all out again. Yeah, trying to feed off of that shine. Exactly. They're all out again. So the way the movie ends, the little girl just walks in the bathroom. The naked, decrepit old lady comes out of the tub and she just closes the door and there's where the credits come up. Yeah. But what makes me think what happened was after she closed the door, after the credits come up, she puts her in a box. Absolutely. So, you know, then it, it, it she's just, you know. And I think that's such a brilliant ending because it's so dark and eerie, but yet beautiful. Right. You know? Because she knows how to deal with these things she's going to have to deal with throughout her life. Right. And like Danny earlier in the movie, she went in there like a badass. Not a care on the planet. When you see that old lady, you know, she just quietly closes the door. Danny did the same thing earlier in the movie. No fear. At all. Where before, Danny was literally peeing his pants. Yeah, pissing himself. Yeah. But that's like, I, I even like, even before that happens, before she goes into that bathroom to handle that woman, her mom walks in, who are you talking to? Right. You know, and she's like, she's just up front, but I'm talking to Uncle Dan. Well, first she said nobody. And then she nobody. Goes, well, but actually, then she, I was. Yeah. yeah, she says, no, we go on after this. You know, and, and the mother, instead of being terrified, because if you remember, the mother and father were terrified of her power. Yeah. Her mother's like, oh, okay. Yeah, Supper's I, ready. I, <laughs> yeah. I accept it. You're a badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's a great movie uh, all around. Um, I, I think it may definitely be movie of the year 2019. I'm going to have to watch Uncut Gems again because uh, I've only watched it once. I'm going to have to watch Rise of Skywalker again. That drops on March 17th. But god damn. The way this guy took a book and a film and was able to fuse them both together and pay homage to both. Right. And make a really good entertaining movie. And and, and we've, we've sucked its dick a lot. Three hours and it doesn't drag. At all. You know, I, I, I think it's absolutely brilliant. And, uh, yeah, 
it, it could become one of my favorite movies of all time. I think so too. I think it's going to go up there uh, with The Shining, because uh, I mean, as I feel right now, I think it's as good. You know, there's certain elements of The Shining that I would put over it, but that's because I've lived with it this long. But man, the way I feel about this movie, I think it's going to be definitely in my top ten. I haven't seen a movie this good. I don't know. I can't even tell you. Maybe Goodfellas is the last time I've seen a movie this good. And I love Casino and. And there was, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, what was that movie, that black exploitation movie I really like? Uh, something Dynamite? I forgot now. Um, oh, Dolomite. No, not Dolomite. Uh, oh, my God. There's a movie you've got to see. Uh, it's a black exploitation movie, but it's made like maybe 10 years ago. Um, something Dynamite. It's so good. Uh, but that's a comedy. You know, I don't know. The last black exploitation movie I saw that was recent was Undercover Brother. Th- this one's called Black Dynamite, and I do- cannot suggest a fucking movie more for you to watch of recent times than Black Dynamite. It's so fucking good. I nice. mean, this guy is like, yeah, he's he's a badass. The first scene, he's banging three chicks, and <laughs> uh, and let me guess, he's doing kung fu, right? He does kung fu, yes. <laughs> he's, I have mean, you seen have you seen Eddie Murphy's uh, I'm Dolomite or whatever I that loved movie's it. called? I loved it. I loved God it. is great. Eddie Murphy killed it. No, yeah. there's there, there's a part in Black Dynamite where he's like he's doing kung fu with like six white guys beating the fuck out of all of them, and then the phone the phone rings and he picks it up and it's his mom and he's like I told you not to I told you not to disrupt me during my karate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great stuff. And 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 the and the whole plot of the movie, like at the very end, the final scene, the final fight, he fights Richard Nixon. <laughs> oh God, that's great. At the White House, you gotta <laughs> see this movie. It's so that's great. Bad. Yeah, and uh, Richard Nixon's wife wants to bang him. <laughs> the guy's like the coolest guy on the planet. Oh, Black, that's Black so Diamond. funny. Can, he's like, can you dig it? I can. <laughs> fucking badass like that's like have you ever and and a lot of people don't seem to know this movie it's it's one of my favorites as far as comedies go i don't know if it's black exploitation but it's definitely a black movie um uh uh pootie tang uh you know what i think i have it sounds familiar <laughs> it's got chris rock it's got lance crothers in it it's got wanda sykes in it uh, yeah, all-star cast, and Pootie Tang is like a, uh, he's basically a superhero, but his power comes from his dad's belt. His dad had this one special belt with his one special buckle that he would whoop his ass with. <laughs> <laughs> and Pootie Tang was just a badass with that belt, knocking motherfuckers out. <laughs> like, like Indiana Jones with his whip, basically. And Pootie Tang didn't talk in, like, English. He said weird shit. Like, you know, his sexy talk was like, I'm a sign your pity on the ruddy kind. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fucking brilliant. Chris Rock plays a dad. Uh, dude, I can't sell that shit enough. It's fucking hilarious. Cool. Well, definitely check out uh, Black Dynamite. So, so Black That's, Dynamite. It's a movie uh, you have to see. Pootie Tang. Yeah, I'll check shows. it out. Check those out. Man, uh. I don't know if there's a lot more to say about Dr. Sleep other than it's no, that's amazing. it. We, we just went through it, and uh, I think this was a very interesting and informative episode because 
it's not like just us going through the plot. It's us going through what we think about the visions and the acting and everything that, you know, involved in this. It's just, well, yeah, we're not Siskel and Ebert. Damn it. That's for all the old guys out there. Ralph knows what I'm talking about. And I'm, and I'm far from a movie critic because we're a lot of movies. We're way before Ebert and Roper. Yeah, no, you know, I mean, look, movie critics, music critics, I'm so far removed from those people. I love Ario Speedwagon, for Christ's sake. I'm a big fan of fucking corporate rock. I am the anti-music critic, and I feel that way about movies because if, oh, to I me... Oh, I hate critics. I hate critics. To me, if Dr. Sweet did not sweep the goddamn uh, Oscars of this year, it shows you I don't know jack shit of what's going on. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, Cisco and Ebert would agree with me, but sometimes, I mean, I can't remember what movies, but they've slammed the movies. I, I, I believe uh, uh, Cisco hated the first Terminator. You know, it's like, God, it's one of the greatest movies ever. Well, while Ebert loved it, or maybe it was the other way around, or maybe I'm thinking of a, a different movie. But, you know, I, I remember seeing one of them slam that movie and I'm like, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. You know? I, I, I have found in my experience that if a critic hates something, that's something I have to go see. Right. You know, it's, and I, also, maybe also, it's just because I'm easily entertained. You know, a, you know, a movie like, like, like The Shining, for example, is something I have to watch 20, 30 times. But that's how I watch movies. I watch them over and over because if I like it, I like it. But I, I can't you, get into these deep philosophical ideas because when I go to watch a movie, my mind literally, literally, okay, a couple beers, literally uh, goes blank. Entertain me, motherfuckers, is all I'm thinking. Well, going go to music for a second, I got I to gotta say this. I mean, somebody donated for me to do um, a track by track, and one of them, one of the albums was... Uh, Lou Reed Metal Machine music, something like that. And I, I shit, don't know, but I saw you fucking posting about it. Well, I shit you not, Bushy. It's four songs. Each song is like 20 minutes each. And it's nothing but noise. It's no drums, no bass, no guitar, no nothing. It's just noise. It's <laughs> for 20 minutes. and then. But the thing is, when I was listening to this on YouTube, I go, okay, let me find another link to make sure I'm listening. I found several links with these songs, and it's the same shit, so I had to make the post going, dude, am I hearing this right? Now, here's the thing. Here's the gist. There's most people, most Lou Reed fans, were like, this is unlistenable crap. But there's three or four that were like, this shit's brilliant. And I'm like, all right, I can never be a music critic. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I seriously, look. I understand. Uh, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt with The Cure and Van Hagar. At least it's music. It's terrible music to my ears, but it's music. It's not. It's not. It's not music that you enjoy. And there's not, a lot of music out there I don't like. But this. But let me tell you. When I used but, to work but, for the city, when I used to work for the city, I would go to pump stations. When you go down in the pit of a pump station, that's what you would hear. <laughs> That's so all you somebody paid money for you to talk about this horrible shit. Yeah. And, but the joke's on them because while listening to this, I thought, because he made me do it against a Yes album. And I found out that that Yes album is considered one of the worst, which this Yes album is a double album as well. 
contains four songs. Each of the songs are over 20 minutes long. And it's a clusterfuck bullshit. Uh, you know, just it's just tar- terrible music. That any, you know, if it wasn't for that metal machine, it, it would probably lose. You know? <laughs> and, and I have some diehard Yes fans telling me, dude, that album is garbage. That's a terrible Yes album. So I'm thinking, okay, this guy has obviously paid me to troll me. So I'm going to say this now because this is not this. What I have planned, which I'm going to do after I'm done with this. You're going to love this idea I got. Since this guy paid to troll me, this is what I'm going to (laughs) do. This is going to be brilliant. I'm going to do the track by track and, you know, say what I say. The same music that sucks. I'm going to breeze through it because there's only four songs. When I'm done, I'm going to hold up a bunch of corporate rock albums and review them. Nice. I'm going to talk about the first Boston album. All these albums that Lou Reed would hate or Lou Reed fans would hate and talk about how this is real fucking music. <laughs> you want to troll me, bitch? I'm going to troll you back with Rock, <laughs> motherfucker. Journey. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, man. This dude, who I love, Robert Lawson, he did a Cheap Trick book, a Nazareth book. He left a comment going, I love this album. I'm like, you know what? I need to get this guy. I need to do a podcast about this album yeah. with this dude and find out what the fuck what the fuck do you like about this i mean where is anything on this album you know and and then i started reading the comments on the videos on the songs and there's people that left comment going but obviously they're fucking around they're going man my favorite part is the 10 15 part and you know it's it's just like the one second part it's a whole song going it's and it just goes to show no matter what, like, you know, they, they do those lines. You've heard people say, oh, this band could just fart. Like, Metallica can just fart on an album, and it'll sell. Right. I think Lou Reed fans will be like, that's why I like this album, because it's Lou Reed. Because it's and, Lou Reed. Yeah, who the Lou, fuck even likes Lou Reed? I don't even know who this guy is. Lou Reed was the, he's the guy that did uh, the Lulu album with Metallica. You know, yeah, I heard. never heard it. And uh, he was part of the Velvet Underground. It's just terrible music to me. It's artsy fartsy crap. But this metal machine thing, he did it because uh, he was pissed off at his record label and he he owed him one album. And he released an album of noise. And a lot of Wait people. Wait a second. Are you telling me this guy is more brilliant than Prince? Because Prince was pissed off and still put out really good music, but under a symbol instead of his name. Well, Br- this guy just said, I owe you music. Here you go. Here's some shit. Yeah, no, I think I think the guy's a bitch. If you look at his fucking interviews, he's a pompous little. He's dead now, and I don't like speaking ill of the dead. But honestly, fucking the guy was a prick. The guy was like so full of himself. He knew what good music was, and and when people would interview you him, he'd be so annoyed by every goddamn question they would give him, and he'd give him one answer questions. He was just, I can't be bothered. I'm Lou Reed. Uh. I'll tell you a song. I'll tell you a song. I've never listened to any of his music. I know. I can name a song that you know from. Hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. The color girls go shoop, doo doop, doo doop. I I do know that song. That's him. I I like that song. Yeah, you're fucking stupid. (laughs) It's stupid, but I like that song. That's him. I like stupid music. I, I couldn't listen to an hour and a half double fucking LP of noise. Oh, man, I'm telling you, dude, it's exactly what I'm telling you. Go down to a pump station. Go downstairs. It's the same thing. It makes me think that's what he did. He threw a microphone down on a pump station. 
and just let her record for two hours. Factory is loud as shit all the time. I got to wear earplugs. Yeah, and 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 you know when track one is, then when it goes to track two, it's it's all continuous bullshit. You know, it's all continuous noise for for an hour and a half. I would love to know how that record sold. I know uh, what I read. You know, when I did research on it. A lot of people took it back thinking they got a defective record. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's some people that that think it's fucking groundbreaking. You know, it's uh, this is amazing. Oh, what a pork of art. I go, you know what, man? Seriously, I, I, I that's why I can't be in music critic. Yeah. You know, because music critics praise this dude. They think he's like a, a genius. That's like yeah. an artist just drawing drawing a black dot in the center of a Kansas uh, canvas and calling it the end, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, it's the most amazing thing ever." Yeah, exactly. You know, you see these fucking like, you know, it's just a bunch of paint splatter all over a fucking thing. It's like, oh, it touches my soul. Well, I would rather see the paint splatter than one dot in the middle of a fucking canvas. Dude, to me, man, you, you get the fucking uh, velvet underground. And to me, in my opinion, Wheels in the Sky, Keep Turning by Journey, destroys all that. And Wheels in the Sky is considered shit. So therefore, I embrace shit. Wheel in the Sky is considered shit? Well, Journey is. Journey's considered fucking uh, crap. You know, by, well, by, I don't by know the who those bullshit. communists are. Because oh, they're, they're Rolling Stone amazing. Magazine. Rolling Stone Magazine. Oh, fuck yeah. Rolling Stone. We already well, know they're full of shit. Yeah, well, they love... Lou Reed is their little fucking darling. Rolling Stone is stuck in the 60s, for fuck's sake. Hey. Yeah, they hit the nail on the head with Jimi Hendrix. They hit the nail on the head with fucking uh, 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 Janis Joplin. They haven't been right about much since. Well, because back then they were young and, and, and not full of themselves yet. But since their magazine sold, they became, oh, we are, we are the authority of good music. And then by the time Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin rolled in, not one favorable review, not one for the whole seventies, Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin were shit. Well, Pure well, shit. Same thing, you know, but, but look at, look how they had to eat crow. Cause they run the Rolling Stone magazine. They were forced to accept those bands in. I saw an interview when Rolling Stone magazine, I mean, rock and roll hall of fame first opened, and that John winner, the guy that runs Rolling Stone magazine, they interviewed him for it. He goes, well, the reason we uh, bands need to be out uh, 25 years, because, you know, if we were to induct people today, we would put in Journey, like like right there, like slamming Journey. Well, guess what? Journey's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now. They had to eat crow. You know, Rush, Journey, Kiss, all these bands were eligible for decades. But they were forced. You know why? Because the people talked. And also, a lot of people weren't showing up at those events anymore. So they were losing money. So, hey, let's get in Kiss and all these bands so we can bring in people again. They're sub-puppet faggots. Period. Oh, I do not disagree. I do not disagree. You know, I, I would got... rather go broke than having to force to put Velvet Underground in my fucking mouth. I'd rather go broke. I'd rather go look for another job. Because I will, I, I have fucking, I have dignity, man. I'm not going to fucking let bands I don't like into my Hall of Fame. I'm just not built that way, you know? Or I'll sell the Hall of Fame. So go ahead and put it, but I don't want anything to do with this. Right. You know? Well, that was awesome. Uh, the Doctor Sleep, everybody, we can't recommend it enough. 
if we just spoiled it for you, go watch it anyway. You're still going to love it. Oh, yeah. You know? It, it's Don't you agree, dude? Amazing. Right on, Bushy. Well, this has been an interesting episode. We finally knocked it out. The sequel to The Shining on the crossover, the plug, needs to be Vault. And I'm sure we'll do more in the future, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love having you on anyway, and we still got to do another not talking metal with Ralphiera. So we, I have it plainly advertised on my on my page as uh, part one. <laughs> oh, really? We'll do yeah, it. But it was such a long episode. It was three or four hours. So wow. but, you know, there's a lot of music in there. And with, uh, right. with Universal being pricks, we can't put as much music in. You got to be so careful these days. Although my little punk ass show, who knows? I could probably get away with it. I I refuse to put any music on the Vera Vault unless I know I can get away with it. Because usually I start it with my own theme song, and, and when I go into the vault, I'll play something that usually is either not on a record label or that's so obscure that I won't be fucked with. Right on, brother. So until next time, Bushy, Schmack, I'm a gob, dude. I, I love that word. Motherfuckers, <laughs> buy vinyl, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it, too. Seems like we've just begun when, when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Because now it's time to go. But hey, I say, well, that's okay. Cause we'll see you very soon, I know. Very soon, I know. What the fuck is this shit? This is how we say goodbye on The Plug. See you next week.